CEE Central Europe Explained An IDM podcast series powered by Erste Group Episode 41 Two sides of the same coin Croatia introducing the euro Following the introduction of the euro, Europe's economy went through drastic changes in the last three decades. On January 1st, 1999, the EU launched its official currency aiming to unify the economy of 12 European countries. After three years, it officially went into circulation. This process set up a place of economic unification known as the Eurozone. Today, 20 out of the 27 member countries of the European Union are part of it. Throughout the years, diverse mechanisms and financial policies have been perfected to regulate the integration of new countries into the Eurozone. This is to maintain a balance and avoid as far as possible the fluctuation of the economy both in the countries that intend to join and in the countries that are already members. Yet, the introduction of a country in the Eurozone is one latest step among a long series of changes in a transitioning state's economy. Before the launch of the euro in a member state, it is mandatory protocol to enter the eurozone, aiming to ensure economic stability for all parties involved in this process. There are four important financial indicators of a country that must be evaluated to join the eurozone. Price stability, sound policies that aim for sustainability, minimum currency rate fluctuation, and last but not least, interest rates that ensure the resilience of the convergence. These indicators, together, form part of the so-called convergence criteria established by the EU members in Maastricht 1991. The joining country must take such indicators into account while preparing for its step into the Eurozone. For such a phase, the EU has created an exchange rate mechanism, ERM, which acts as a trial scenario following past experiences and lessons learned, providing a framework smoothing the currency transition. Since the beginning of the 90s, some countries have adopted different and flexible ERMs. On January 1st, 1999, the ERM2 was established as the official protocol. It aims to prepare the country's economy for transition by reducing the exchange rate variability. ERMs can be considered as a test phase in which the economic stability of the country in the process is closely monitored as well as its structures, policies, budget plans and the use of the budget. Although adopting this mechanism is not mandatory, it is highly recommended to take on it for at least two years to meet the requirements of the indicator, which on the other hand must be mandatorily complied with. After Lithuania joined the euro system in January 2015, it was now Croatia's turn and that process we are going to explore in today's podcast. Ten years after joining the European Union in 2013, on 1st January 23, Croatia entered the eurozone. As it replaced by the euro, the Croatian old currency, the kuna, will slowly become an object, yet a device full of history. Since 5th September 2021, prices in both currencies have been displayed and dual circulation of the euro and the kuna banknotes was allowed until two weeks before the introduction day of the euro. So now, 
only the euro remain accepted for use. To talk about this uh, historic event for Croatia, we have uh, again the pleasure to welcome to our podcast Mario Holzner, the Executive Director of the Viennese uh, Institute for International Economic Studies. And uh, we will be talking about Croatia introducing the euro. Mario, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Mario, to start us off, which history lies behind the kuna and where does this currency actually come from? Well, the modern kuna was introduced, uh, I believe, in 1994, replacing an intermediate currency, the uh, Croatian dina, uh, that was introduced after the end of uh, Yugoslavia and the Yugoslav dina. Uh, however, uh, the, was, uh, the introduction of the kuna was controversial as uh, before the fascist Quisling state uh, of the Ustasha regime in, uh, during the Second World War had the kuna as their uh, currency. There is uh, a longer historical background of uh, um, this uh, currency as the medieval uh, uh, pelts uh, and, 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 and fur skin currency uh, of the Martin. Um, however, yeah, uh, this is obviously a problematic uh, name and I think particularly uh, Croatians uh, who are maybe more liberal oriented will be happy to, to get rid of the kuna and have the euro as uh, currency. Mm -hmm. What will be the impact of the introduction of the euro on uh, the business relations of the country, especially when we think about consumer protection, employment, capital, bank accounts and interest rates? I don't think that there will be a huge difference. The uh, Kuna was uh, basically pegged to the uh, euro and before that to the German mark um, without big oscillations around, uh, around uh, basically the 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 the, the seven and a half uh, kuna for euro, um, um, uh, and yeah, so uh, not a big change. Uh, there is a, a bonus for the banking system, uh, so the the Croatian banking system is uh, uh, under the euro, also under the uh, protection of the European Central Bank. Uh, However, on the other hand, uh, basically most of the Croatian banking system was before already owned by uh, banks from the euro area. So, I mean, the gain is, is limited. Uh, it will be good for, for tourists who will not need to exchange the money uh, and, and, and similar issues uh, yeah, relating money, changing the money uh, for business people and so on. Do you think that the feeling of inflation after the introduction of the euro, which is often very real, especially when we look at prices in the gastronomy, uh, will it be alleviated by the already high inflation in Europe or will it make it even worse? I think it will be rather not felt given the high inflation. So clearly people have uh, started to adjust prices uh, uh, on, on, on the menus uh, in restaurants and so on, typically uh, a little bit higher than they used to be before, but given the overall inflation uh, that is uh, much more extreme, um, I think 
nobody will really care anymore about uh, these uh, peanuts. So do you think then it will lead to not talking about uh, the euro as something that, that makes everything more expensive? Will it be a better image for the euro in the general population? Could be. I think it should be quite clear to most people that the current uh, inflationary pressure stem from global uh, energy and food prices and not necessarily from uh, an exchange of a currency. Okay. And uh, if we uh, look at the midterm developments of the euro in Croatia, are there any specific challenges that uh, the country needs to focus on now that they joined uh, the eurozone? Not really, I would say. I mean, the the as I as I mentioned, the the change the the change is limited given the de facto they had the euro already before. Um, I mean, in principle, there was the option for exchange rate policy. However, uh, Croatia never really used this. Uh, Croatia was rather willing to accept, for instance, a period of six years of stagnation and recession after the global financial crisis than to change anything with the exchange rate. And the reason basically uh, was that um, Croatia was an extremely euroized economy. So both savings as well as loans were to a large extent denominated or indexed to the euro. So any change in, uh, for instance, a depreciation of the nominal exchange rate vis-a-vis -vis the euro would have caused um, the the cost for those who uh, have a loan uh, uh, quite a lot and and so uh, that was never really an option and plus I would say there are basically two different interest groups the the uh, tourism industry was always interested to rather have an appreciating currency where they can make more money while the uh, industry in the north of the country um, was more interested in having a depreciation of the currency. So the outcome was basically no change of the currency uh, value compared to the euro at all. Mm -hmm. What is the reason that Croatia is so much faster than other EU member countries that joined earlier as far back as 2004, if we look at, uh, for instance, Hungary or Czechia? Well, particularly Hungary and, and Czechia are actually using uh, their instrument of an exchange rate policy. Um, and partly they can do it, it's more effective because they are not as euroized. So for instance, particularly the Czech Republic, uh, people are saving in Czech crowns, they have their loans in Czech crowns, they think basically in Czech crowns, while in Croatia, uh, any bigger uh, uh, exchange for, I don't know, uh, real estate or cars, people would think in euros already uh, before the introduction of the euro. So there is a different history, different history also of, uh, of inflationary pressures. There was a hyperinflation in Yugoslavia uh, where people then changed in, to a large extent to German mark as a, a means of saving and so on. So different backgrounds of, of those countries and uh, yeah so for, for the Czech Republic it's still an option for instance to continue with the crown although they obviously have also their 
um, the uh, pegs to the euro, uh, and and uh, but they leave it as an option for for a critical crisis event. And then, if we look, for instance, to Bulgaria, which uh, would be very much willing to introduce the euro, but is also slower in that case. What is the reason here? Well, Bulgaria is in a difficult process of. Uh, of instable governments and uh, so that is obviously not helpful if you want to um, secure all the conditions uh, and conditionalities for introduction of euro. So uh, I think once a, a more stable government will, will come, um, they will basically be also able to, to, to join the euro at some point. Thank you very much for giving us an overview about this historic step of enlarging the Eurozone. It hasn't happened for um, quite some time now and uh, hopefully it's a positive signal for more integration not only in the monetary policy but also in other fields. Um, as we are concluding this episode, we always ask our guests for a piece of our music literature concerning today's discussion and um, is there something that you would recommend to bring the reflection further here. Indeed, I would recommend to uh, look at various memes that were around in social media uh, that made fun of a, a design for uh, the Croatian Euro coins. Where actually, this Martin was uh, depicted uh, by uh, the winning kind of artists or person that won the, the competition. And it later turned out that uh, this was uh, just a cheap copy of uh, a photograph uh, that uh, uh, where the, the, the owner of the, the copyrights was not asked, basically. Uh, and so uh, there is a, there's a whole series of, of funny memes uh, around this issue. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Mario, for your time and uh, for coming to IDM today. Um, this was CEE number 41. Thank you very much. Thank you. So you enjoyed this podcast? Then tune into another CEE episode and subscribe to the IDM podcast series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or elsewhere you get your podcast. And also have a look at the rest of our work on our website www.idm.it And please, for any feedback and podcast collaboration, feel free to contact us. This was CEE, Central Europe Explained, a podcast series produced by the Institute for the Danube Region and Central Europe. IDM Podcast. Institute für den Donauraum und Mitteleuropa. Institute for the Danube Region and Central Europe. European Perspectives. Regional Actions. Cooperation and Expertise since 1953.